Mother! We need to tell people why they should listen to our show. Word of Hellmouth in 45 seconds. All right. For one, you and I are hardcore fans of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We know what we're talking about. Anything else? We are fun to listen to and our off-topic conversations are legendary. Any other reason Scoob's out there should check us out, Mark? Simply put, Heather, you and I are five by five. Oh, yeah! Where can people find us, Heather? You can find Word of Hellmouth anywhere you get your podcasts. Our home website at rabbitholepodcast.com or just hanging out at the bronze. And David Boreanaz, if you're listening, hit me up. Me too. I don't care. Everything we do here at Rabbit Hole Podcast is sponsored by Audible. You can go to audibletrial.com slash rabbitholepods and try it absolutely free for 30 days. You can download any audiobook, original show, or podcast that you want. And after the 30-day trial expires, you only pay $14.99 a month and you can get more content from Audible. If you decide to cancel any time, even after the trial, you get to keep anything you've downloaded. So why not give it a chance? That's audibletrial.com slash rabbitholepods. When you use that link, you help us out here at the network. So thank you. Another way to support us is by becoming a Patreon member. Patreon.com slash rabbit hole pods. $3 a month gets you into your exclusive club where you can access episodes early, check out bonus content, and all kinds of great goodies, like access to our Discord or joining us whenever we go live on Twitch. Patreon.com slash rabbit hole pods. A huge shout out to all of our Patreon members. You make all of this happen. Welcome to Hersing Around, the podcast where we speak of the recently deceased. I'm Isabel Turan. Along for the ride to the funeral service are my co-host, Chris Ramey. Hello there. And Carl Putnam. Hello, everyone. How are you guys? I'm doing fine. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful. Carl? (laughs) I'm doing all right. Doing all right. So I realized that our last episode, even though it was our first episode, but we never actually properly introduced ourselves, uh, like our backgrounds and who we are, what we do, that sort of stuff. So I figured we'd go around and do that. Uh, I'll start, obviously. Uh, my name's Chris Ramey. I uh, run AfterCredits.com. Uh, you may have heard me on other podcasts. I'm a stay-at-home dad, animal lover, movie lover. Um, I currently reside in the Chicago suburbs, but I'm originally from Detroit. So if uh, um, don't find me rooting for any uh, like bears or anything, I'm definitely off for the Detroit teams when I'm rooting for my uh, sports. And um, I don't know. That's a quick about me. How about uh, you guys? What's, what about you, Isabel? Um, <laughs> uh, I live in, <laughs> I live in Texas, uh, Houston to be exact. So uh I don't know. I feel like I have a pretty well-rounded um, bit of bit of culture on me. Um, you know, definitely Mexican American. So as far as music goes, I listen to ev- everything under the sun. 
and I can't be that hard on country music, which we will be talking about later today, um, because a lot of Mexican music is just country music in Spanish. So <laughs> as far as more about me, I, I work in, in admin work, customer service. That's um, it's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun, but you learn how to deal with people along the ride, you know. Just, just there to help. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> Carl, what about you? Let's see. Um, I'm a forcibly retired educator, I guess you could say, due to health stuff, that type of thing. Um, in my former lives, in addition to that, um, I was a social worker. And I also ran a sports blog for a bit. Um, on SB Nation, the Coyotes hockey blog. Um, so I have been on podcast as a guest uh, a number of times before um, and on other things. Uh, but uh, this is my first time uh, co-hosting a podcast. Uh, I'm originally from the D.C. mid-Atlantic area, uh, but I've lived in the Phoenix area for... Uh, pretty much the last 33 years, minus a brief six-month stint in the San Diego, uh, California area. Um, so at this point, while I'm not a native, I've lived here for the majority of my life. Um, and a uh, big music fan. And big, I, I probably am a bigger television fan than movie fan, I would say. My television knowledge is fairly deep, I would say, to a degree, just like everybody else have holes. Um, but I'm a little less of a movie watcher, uh, especially as I got older. And as the movie industry changed and TV got more interesting, frankly, uh, in more recent years. That's a long distance from uh, D.C. to Arizona. What brought you over there? Uh, college. Oh, I'm, a right. I'm, I'm, I'm a Sun Devil. Um, so, uh, I came out here to go to school and went up staying, I actually worked at the university, uh, a number of times. I was even a grad student, even worked there as a grad student too. So that's, uh, that's what brought me out here and stayed that type of stuff. And my wife is basically a native. She technically was born in Albuquerque, but she moved here when she was like a little baby. So, um, she's one of the rare people out here that actually is pretty much from here. Um, so, uh, but yeah, that is, uh, that's my story in a nutshell. So question for both of you. Now, Isabel, did you grow up in the Houston area? Yeah, it's, it's pretty much all I know. So I don't have a great travel story. This is <laughs> born, born and raised. This is all I know. <laughs> Do you have aspirations so, to travel? Uh, well, I mean, I visit my family who um, is also from Detroit. So I do go okay. there quite frequently. Um, I've probably been there every year for the past like three years now. So that's been fun. Oh, nice. Yeah, a lot of family. I don't I might not have a lot of a lot of in friend, like in person friends. But when it comes to family, they're they're all over. So <laughs> right. Understand. Cool. Yeah. Chris, you moved from one NFC Central town to another. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My it's funny because my uh, 
when I first moved here, my, my, my wife and her family, they're from here. Uh, she's originally from the Schaumburg area. And um, I remember talking to my father-in-law one day after he moved here. And he's like, so you're going to start rooting for the Bears or the Sox or whoever he said? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and he's like, ah, give it time. You'll come around. You'll come around. Yeah, it's been a little over 10 years now. I have not come around and I have no plans to come around. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a homer. Detroit's, you know, always been home. And, uh, you know, I'm uh, one of those like the faithful guys that way. You know, I, I don't I'm not going to change my allegiance. You know, it's that's where I was uh, raised. I wasn't born, but I was raised there. And that's, you know, um, what? 80 whatever percent of my life probably is you know in that general area so it's it's that's not it's not going away detroit's in my blood that's interesting yeah well, I, yeah yeah I, I bleed honolulu blue <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness <laughs> all righty so should we get to our uh rundown yeah, sure. There was quite a few uh, <laughs> these past couple of weeks. It seems every day yes. there's multiple people passing away. Unfortunately, um, yeah. The, the, we had Arlene Sorkin. She was on Days of Our Lives and played uh, voice acted up for Harley Quinn. Um, she passed away at the age of sixty-seven. Absolutely iconic. I love that voice. We had Jamie Christopher. Who was the first uh, assistant director on Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, also on Star Wars: The Last Jedi, and all eight Harry Potter films uh, passed away at the age of fifty-two. And we also had Gary Wright, who is best known to sing uh, the song "Dreamweaver." Um, I remember that as the infomercials from, the, I believe it was the Lifetime Music. Um, I was really into that watching those infomercials i could have changed the channel but i'm like no this is actually kind of a jam um and he also shares my birthday of april 26th obviously not the year of 1943 that'd be weird um but he was 80 all right well on today's episode we are going to pour one out for bob barker jimmy buffett and steve harwell who all also passed away recently and that's right people we, we came at you with a trio that's right three for one this time get your money's worth you're welcome i mean but not i, I don't i don't yes. <laughs> I mean, you're also not, not welcome i don't yeah <laughs> sorry for talking about all the people that have been taken away from from us we all suffering okay we're gonna start on mr baka mr bob baka i'm surprised i uh, bob Thank you, everybody. Bob Barker is a great man. I, uh, I just want to tell you I, I love Bob. And I, I wrote him a poem. And, uh, land on it. Land on, land on it. You I'm guys. so glad you're here. I'm surprised. Hey, congratulations, Bob. You're, you're, you're the coolest. It's called Ode to Bob Barker. No peeking, Bob. I will peek. Thank you. Bob Barker, Bob Barker, such a huge part of our lives. Bob Barker, Bob Barker, the daytime lover of all men's wives. <laughs> Bob Barker, Bob Barker, 35 years of giving us new cars on The Price is Right. 
Bob Barker, Bob Barker, the silver-haired devil who whooped my ass in a fight. <laughs> Bob Barker, Bob Barker will always have the memories of the happiness that you made. So in honor of your retirement, sir, Bob Barker, I went out and got myself spayed. <laughs> Born December 12th, 1923. Almost made it to 100. So close. He's so close to getting that 100. That was the joke that was going around. I don't know if you guys saw that, I'm sure. On social yeah. media, he stayed just under 100. <laughs> he was uh, born in Washington. And he actually, I, I found it interesting. He um, spent his youth at, on an Indian reservation. And he was a citizen of the Rosebud uh, Sioux tribe. I thought that was, I, d- I didn't expect that. Yeah, I, that wasn't expected from me as well. Um, and grew up in South Dakota. Yeah, did, okay. I didn't expect that at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. I didn't look, but I was wondering, I, I, one thing I didn't notice is if his uh, mother or father were Indian, but I'd assume so if they were living on the reservation. Yeah, because you wouldn't be been. able to. Yeah, unless yeah, you had something yeah. legitimate. Right. Maybe his mother or his living mother with a yeah. teacher. Yeah, or or living with someone who was typically. Yeah. Is, um, I also got that he was a, a neighbor fight a navy fighter neighbor. Neighbor. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Never. He was a navy <laughs> fighter pilot uh, during the World War II, but he did not serve in combat. Typical. Um, <laughs> and then in 1947, he graduated uh, college. I'm not, I couldn't figure out exactly when he became a vegetarian, but this man most assuredly is a vegetarian because Bob Barker, um, is best known for his animal rights activism outside of being the Price is Right host, which he is, if you hadn't picked up on that yet, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was a vegetarian for probably for most of his life. It sounds yeah. like, but uh, although although it was um, his uh, not his first wife, but his uh, when he started seeing somebody, which I took the note, but I can't find it right now off the top of my head. Um, but when he started uh, dating one of the models, the this his uh, not his. Not his wife, but his whatever he was dating after his wife passed away. She got him into being a uh, into you know the conservative and the saving the animals and you know more eco friendly kind of stuff. You know, um, I thought that was his wife who got him into that. Yeah, I was I was, was just his... looking at that because his wife only died in 1981 from lung cancer as well. Oh. But, I have. Okay, but that might have made sense because that makes uh, because. Yeah, I guess he was. Yeah, yeah I was it, like, well, eighty-one yeah, was quite a, a while ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, My but bad. it's the Thank early eighties when he started uh, using the the whole uh, have your pay, your pets sprayed and neutered or yeah. neutered. Yeah, yeah, some my notes here. Ni- Nineteen eighty-three. He was in a long-term relationship with uh, Nancy yeah, Burnett. Okay, and and she was a uh, animal rights activist, a radical okay. activist, animal Ooh. rights activist. And that's what after that's when he started uh, really pushing that. Yeah, spayed and neutered, and 
all that stuff. Yeah. So at least since the eighties, he was definitely a vegetarian. Right. Um, yes. Yeah, he did. He he did a lot. I think I think that's a good message because, um, yeah, if, especially if you, you weren't during that time. I feel like there was this thing about pets. Now it's like they are members of your household. That is, I mean, my my dog is my daughter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, making sure she's taken care of. You know, she's not outside, especially not in this heat. It's it's way too hot. Um, but also, I mean, back in the day, you had your dog in the backyard. It felt like, and that was just where they belong. And sometimes they get out, and you know, if they were a girl, they were always getting pregnant and stuff. So you had to make sure you got that because you didn't want to have puppies running around. Um. So I definitely felt like that was he he lent a hand and people being like, well, what is that? <laughs> I think I think I probably had to ask. I'm like, what is spay and neutered? What the heck does that mean? <laughs> when I that's was a, a kid, I'm I like, what is that? <laughs> like, what is that, mom? He's like, that's what we had to do to the cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people to this to this day, they don't uh, spay and neuter. I uh, have a couple, I know a couple of people. And uh, I got a friend of mine, he got a dog, big, big dog. It was a, what was it? A German Shepherd. And what was it mixed with? Golden, Golden Retriever. And it was a big oh, dog. Wow. It was a male and it was full of energy. And it's like, you got to, you know, get him clipped there. Cause that's, cause that, all, that also helps calm them down too, you know, and helps their temperament. And uh, he didn't want to. And I think he took probably two years or something. And that dog is just remained crazy <laughs> it's like yeah i i swear maybe it's just maybe it's not accurate but it just seems like that had an impact on you know his energy level yeah yeah um, due to that animal rights activism i i found that he also managed to give uh, or stop fur coats from being given as gifts for the pageants he was a part of yeah i was like okay that's well, I think what happened is is that if my memory serves correctly, is mm -hmm. that's not uh, that he was doing the Miss USA pageant, right. and they refused to um, stop giving the contestants furs as prizes or whatever, and so he quit he hosting. Quit? Oh yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He it's didn't. Like, I mean, um, eventually they didn't stop at all. They kept. Doing uh, they that, may or? have, but but that that. That I remember that because I was in high school. I want to say I was either in junior high or high school when that happened, um, and that was a whole fear because there was a lot of. I feel like that was about the time that people started questioning a bunch of issues with the pageants, not just that stuff. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? But yeah, I totally remember him quitting as the host, um, and that's back when those things were bigger deals, and they were like on network television and. Um, that type of thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, his name always pops up when it comes to animal rights stuff. I feel like from the from the eighties on. Um, oh yeah, yeah, definitely uh, most known for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, if you look, it's hosting and that. And I mean, if you're older, obviously you probably can go back to to truth or consequences. But for you know those of us probably under maybe sixty or so you know what i mean we think of the price is right oh, yeah, yeah. I, I had never even heard of truth or consequences until i was doing research for it um because that's the one that he debuted on in 1956 uh, 56 yeah, yeah. that was yeah. before yeah. even my own mother was born so yeah he did that for 
20 years, almost 20 years, and it actually overlapped with the prices right because the truth or consequences stopped in 1975. And yeah. he started the prices right in 72. Yep. Yeah, he he was double doing double duty for a number of years. Yeah. The the truth yeah. or consequences, if I recall correctly, was a radio show before it was a TV show. Yes. Um, which yes. there there are there there are a couple shows back in those days that made the jump from radio the to TV. television. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, but what uh, a wild time. Yes. Yes. Back in my so, day, we used to listen to our shows. <laughs> Well, it's weird to me because, like, to me, like, I don't know that you could have something like The Price is Right. I mean, I know it still exists now, but, like, if you talk to anyone at least my age or possibly a little younger, a little older, like, when you were home from school, whether you were sick, suspended, whatever the reason was that you were home from school, like, you, there were, there were certain things that you watched and yeah. almost everybody I knew, even if they watched some different daytime TV, almost everyone I knew from nine to 10, uh, you know, I lived on the East Coast and basically like the morning shows ended at nine o'clock. So Price is Right, if I recall correctly, came on at nine and it may have switched to 10 to 11 spot or whatever, but like, that's what you watched when you were homesick. Like you watched yeah. The Price is Right. And I had my, like, by the time I was a teenager, it was... I watched the Today Show. I watched The Price is Right. There was a little break there. And then I'd watch All My Children, One Life to Live, and Santa Barbara. And, wow, you watched soap operas. Oh, yeah. As a yeah. teenager? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. D d being a teenager is a soap opera. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's true. Um, but, but, and I watched Santa Barbara from the day that it premiered. Um, but those other shows obviously are older. And, the plus with soap operas is you could literally not watch a soap opera for two years, watch an episode. And by the end of the episode, you're caught up like they're designed in a way that you can miss stuff. Well, game shows are the same way. Each game show is right. its own thing. And so, you know, even if you don't know the games, you know, like if you first started watching, you didn't know what Plinko was or, you know, whatever, um, or even how the showcase works and all that kind of stuff, it's easy to pick up on and, uh, it's an easy watch, especially when you're sick. Um, and even if you're not, if you're just home on a Monday or, you know, whatever. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I, I must have missed that memo. Uh, I was, I was <laughs> even at preteen, I was staying home and I'd still be tuning into like Barney and Teletubbies just as like a guilty <laughs> pleasure. <laughs> it's like, uh, I'm too you... old to be watching this, but I'm used but... to it when I'm sick. So whatever. See, the thing is, you probably had more channels. See, Carl and I grew up. Oh, yeah, I did have a lot didn't of have channels. A, didn't have a cable yes. box. We had the little yep. tuner dials you had to turn, and you had at yep. best, you know, six, four channels, five channels, right? Yeah, I'd Depends be watching on the weather. <laughs> Yeah. So, like, yeah, it was the same thing for me. It was like, yeah, home from school or even during the summer. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah price is right. Yeah, you that's know. true, because then after after the Teletubbies and Barneys and stuff, I'd be like, okay, let's watch regular TV, and that'd be like the Sci-Fi Channel or Cartoon Network <laughs> or even the Animal Planet. Yeah. I loved Animal Planet. So, and and that to me is the difference is, is, which lots of people have been talking about this for like, I feel like 20 years now, but like, there's not a cultural, which is not necessarily a bad thing in some ways too, but like, because there's so many different entertainment choices and you got to remember at this point, like early 80s, even like, you know, Atari 2600, maybe it come out that type of like the video, video game 
choices are limited and you're not playing online with other people, that type yeah. of stuff. Um, and you only had, well, when I first started watching that stuff, you only had three broadcast networks. This is even before Fox yeah. comes in. Oh, yeah. um, and so the, the flip side is everybody had kind of some of similar experiences just because the choices were limited. Right. Um, so, you know, yeah, that's understandable. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's why the MASH finale had, you know, such ridiculously high ratings that you would never get from any TV show nowadays just because everything is so splintered and stuff. But it did make for like, you know, I, I, I'm trying to think of how many people I know that would have never seen an episode of The Price is Right. Like, it's got to be a small percentage of people. Yeah, because I mean, I've definitely business. seen it. It wasn't one of our go to's as a family. But I mean, definitely, even at work, it would be on in the break room. Even from when I was still, you know, going, when we had a break room with a TV in it. I don't have that anymore. It's kind of sad, but that goes to show how iconic the show is. Just this, like, even in today's world where there are so many options, you hear Bob Barker, you hear Prices Right. You, most people pretty much know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right. You know, can, right. can picture them, can re, can remember them or whatever. Yeah, it's 30, it 35 years of him doing that. So, yeah, you know, that, was yeah. a, that was a big generation right there. Oh, yeah. So, are we going to um, get to addressing um, some elephants in the room with Bob Barker? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I heard that he had a beef with Betty White because of an elephant. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, that too. Uh, I called it, I said that he had Brussels. I was trying to respect his vegetarianism, his uh, Brussels with <laughs> Betty White. I'm like, how are you going to have issues with Betty White? Come on. I know. Um, but yeah, so he dubbed Betty White as his sworn enemy um, after a disagreement about an elephant named Billy. So apparently in 2009, a discussion was brought up about the future of Billy and um, Barker wanted him to be moved to a sanctuary, whereas Betty, who was definitely an avid supporter of the L.A. Zoo um, and zoos in general, um, wanted Billy to remain there and also make sure that that area was renovated into a larger enclosure um but they were just adamantly against that he wanted that elephant to go and basically with betty she was like well if if he wins this and then the next is the giraffes and the next is and then any kind of other animal and then all of the animals and then the next thing you know we won't have zoos anymore so i i understood both of their sides so it is kind of eh, it's a it's a it's a sticky wicket there in, in a way because I do love zoos and the thing is is that you have to be incredibly privileged to be able to go to a reservation because you I mean you can't even go to a reservation to see those animals they just live there secluded um oh, yeah. but I mean I I loved going to the zoo as a kid and I learned so much about animals doing that so I I do see where where Betty White was coming from but their little disagreement got so heated <laughs> they were both supposed to appear at a game show awards and he yep. threatened to boycott his appearance. I'm like the level of petty, but also like commendable. <laughs> like he was like, "Well, if she's gonna be there, I'm not going." And they're like, "Sarah, but right. you're gonna get the lifetime achievement award. Is that bitch gonna be there? Then no, I'm not going." Right. She wasn't even like a, like in like I don't know on the stage or whatever. She was just attending, right? From what I 
understand yeah, she was gonna do a so, no she was gonna do a speech she was gonna be she, okay, okay yeah so apparently she opted to just pre-record it and they they played it so that he could go and i was like <laughs> look at her taking the high road oh but man gosh. that was he was that was a really petty move for him to pull wow it, it was great like petty confetti for that one for sure right yeah <laughs> um so that was that was a fun interesting read i was like really you're gonna fight betty white what yeah betty Um, white you can't uh i mean like you said i see both sides but at the same time you don't pick a fight with betty yeah you know she she's it's it's she's the national world hero you know i mean the treasure you know who's uh who's gonna find fault with betty that's not possible apparently bob (laughs) apparently bob yeah (laughs) one person (laughs) he said me and I'll take it to my grave. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. And then, of course, there are the issues of. Um, Bob and women. Yeah. Lawsuits. All of this <laughs> alleged behavior since um, most of them were kind of settled. Um, yeah. It seemed like a couple were just settled because they got tired of fighting it or they just dismissed because they were tired of fighting which is kind of no, sad the, so yeah the first one um diane she diane parkinson apparently she dropped it just because she couldn't take the the, the stress or whatever anymore it was too taxing on her so she dropped the suit yeah so and, uh, th- th- anyone who watched happen. that show can't be that surprised by some of these lawsuits i would argue (laughs) um let's just say even as a child i think it was pretty clear that bob was not exactly the most progressive person when it came to uh gender and that type of stuff um and i've even heard a couple stories from people who went to tapings and his comments to females in the audience versus males and that type of stuff was it was very clear that uh you would you would not question whether he was chauvinistic at all yeah definitely sexism yep so a bound of sexism yeah but because i remember when the parkinson lawsuit happened um i feel like that happened somewhere i'll have to look at the dates and that type Mm -hmm. of stuff but it happened like a little bit before the OJ stuff. And it and was... I realize they are vastly different things and that type of thing to some degree. But those are still not... big things for that time. I mean, yeah, especially yeah. OJ. Yeah. yeah, but but I remember it because it was before that and it was this whole thing. And um that it was interesting how the press handled it, and I wonder how they would handle it nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I don't feel that there was much investigation into what happened behind the scenes there and the Price is Right. No, I think um, it was more okayed. It was swept under the rug still. Oh, yeah. Time. Well, it's, it's very obvious right. that, yeah, yeah, well, we could talk about CBS and the amount of stuff they've swept under the rug for the last <laughs> 30 or 40 years, uh, just in general, based on stuff that's come out. But, uh, but I, I do wonder if that would have happened you know, five years ago, how mm. some things I don't think sadly would have been different, but other things I wonder if they would have been. Um, but, um, you know, and I mean, there was sexism even within the show, the whole Barker's Beauties con- concept. Yeah. And, yeah. All that kind of stuff. 
Um, well, yeah, it wasn't until Drew Carey came along till they had their first male uh, model, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that yeah. happened with Bob. Yeah. No. Oh no. No. Yeah, and just the, the tone of the show. <laughs> yeah. The, the tone of the show, the way they use the models, I I don't even love it nowadays, but it was definitely different um, back then. And then you've got the whole, as a matter of fact, there was the lawsuit about the whole thing about, you know, whether or not the models had to keep a certain weight, that type of stuff, which yeah. we go back to that whole thing. So yeah, there's definitely some, uh, it definitely seemed to be some issues with uh, how he saw and treated women versus men, that type of stuff. And then also um, some hints of racism, it seemed, there in, towards the end, 2007. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, because I think they, I read somewhere that it was rumored that, like, he didn't step down. It was more like, you need to go ahead and, and just <laughs> just step down for us. Yeah, because this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> that's what it seemed like. Mm, okay. That's what, that's little whispers that I, that I read about. Um, but uh, another thing that I saw was that some people already thought he was dead. <laughs> oh wow! So they're like Mandela effect. We sure we didn't see news articles that he had already <laughs> died before. I'm pretty sure he was already, uh, pretty sure he was already dead. And I think it's probably mm -hmm. because he hurt himself a couple of times over the years, like in yes. I guess 2015 and in 2017. And I think that kind of put it in people's head that he didn't make it out of those things. So they they've assumed that he's been dead since that time <laughs> well yeah and i i think the other thing is is because uh, i've seen this with a number of people i've even done it myself but i can't remember who died i feel like it was like a year or two ago and i'm like wait i thought they were already dead and part of it is they're out of the once they're out of the public consciousness like once you retire from a job or whatever i feel like people if they don't see you for a certain amount of time either aren't surprised that you're dead or yeah. assume that you're dead just because they haven't, uh, you know, and I hadn't, I hadn't really even thought about him since I want to say probably around 2000 or so. Basically um, after he left the show in 2007, then seven. Yeah. Yeah. But even, I feel like even before that, I forgot he was even on the show. I mean, the happy Gilmore stuff, like, you know what I mean? was kind of like a bump for him. And that's the mid nineties, oh. right? That's nineteen ninety six. Oh yeah, yeah. Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Didn't so even write was... a note about that. I forgot about that. Yeah, yes. Was... <laughs> um. So, and I feel like you know, like especially for a younger generation, a lot of them like that might be their biggest memory of him because you know yeah. that's a that's right. a funny part of that film and and that, that a big part stuff. of that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The price I mean, is wrong, bitch. bitch. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah. you know, uh, you know, because outside of that, I think right around the time he retired, he did a WWE Raw appearance. Um, yep. He won which, an award for that, by the way. He oh, won a Slammy for that. <laughs> oh, that I did not know. I, I knew that he had won 18 daytime Emmy Awards hosting The Price is Right, but I did not realize he had a and, Slammy. A Slammy? slammy. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. That's big. How do you not know of a slamming? I don't know the slamming. I mean, I, I dabble in wrestling, but not enough to know that they had awards and it was called a slammy. I love that. I need a slammy with a Sammy. Like, is it served with a sandwich? Okay, sorry. I'm just being silly now. Uh, I also thought um, something I read about 
his actual funeral arrangements. He asked not to have a funeral or a memorial, and he just wanted it to be like private and laid to rest next to his wife, which um, having a girlfriend. I wonder if his girlfriend, how his girlfriend felt about that. It's like, oh, you want to be buried uh, next to your wife? Sure, no problem. I thought I read huh. somewhere that they were um, not as close at the end. Oh, okay. They were just kind of more, yeah, like a consensual, <clears throat> like just casual relationship. I thought I thought I read that somewhere. I didn't take a note of that, but I could have swore I read that somewhere. And so we lost him on August twenty sixth, and I guess to segue, you know who else <laughs> also had an animal accident. <laughs> save the manatees jimmy buffett that's right that's right heading up to san francisco for the labor day weekend show I got my hush puppies on I guess I never was meant for glitter rock and roll And honey, I didn't know That I'd be missing you so Come Monday, it'll be alright Come Monday Moving on. Born <laughs> December 25th. We had two December babies back to back. That's Christmas. I didn't realize. It's yeah. A yeah. He was a little Christmas yeah. baby. Yeah. Born in Mississippi. I'm going to, how, how do we say this, guys? Pas- Pascagoula. Pascagoula. Oh, there you go. I, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. that, that sounds kind of spooky. <laughs> Pascagoula. <laughs> but he grew Gula. up in Mobile, Alabama. Unfortunately, all I know about Mobile, Alabama is what I saw in, or in Demon Squad, the <laughs> MST3K movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the best <laughs> example of Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> but that's what I got. Well, Mr. Jimmy Buffett, uh, what do you what do you got, Carl? Well, no, I the the interesting part for me with with him is that uh, if you don't know, uh, Pascagoula and Mobile are basically right on the, both right on the water. Uh, they're actually not that far from each other either. This man uh, was addicted to sea life. Yes, because if you look at where oh, yeah, he yeah. lived and where he even died, like it is all like near water. the water. Basically, I think the only time he wasn't near the water potentially is when he was in college. Like well, I was gonna say, he was in Nashville. He lived in Nashville yeah. Oh yes, that yes, that that's yeah. true. Uh, but like, so you've got that period from basically around the time he's eighteen through Nashville, where um, I don't think he really was living near the water because he went to he went to Auburn, then he went to I don't remember where he went to community college, so maybe that was near the water. Oh, so ho- check this out. Might not have been near the water, but it was called Pearl River Community College. Oh, <laughs> all right then. Well, <laughs> so it's we're next still to a keeping river. in the water theme. <laughs> 
that uh, now, if I recall right, Southern Miss is in Hattiesburg, if I recall correctly. Maybe I'm yes. remembering wrong. Yeah, but I have so it in that is definitely yeah, yeah, that that is definitely uh, not near um, a like the Gulf or anything. It's kind of in the middle. Uh, mm. But like for the rest the rest of the time, you know what I mean. He lived in Key West. Um, I think he had a place in Palm Beach several places in Palm Beach. And then obviously, you know, he had the place in the Hamptons, which is where he died in Sag Harbor. But you, you, you can definitely see the water theme throughout his life. And, you know, his grandfather and father, um, both uh, seafaring folk. Yes. Um, Steamship so, captain and a Marine engineer and sailor. Yep. Yep. So it's sorry to butt in, but it just yeah. it was very interesting to me that like he was born in a city that's on the water, you know, grew up on a city that's on the water. So I guess it's not surprising that the water uh, creeped in both in his residences as well as his uh, frequently uh, in his songs. So I like how he failed out of college for quote, unable to balance his newfound interest in music and girls. Yes. I, I wrote that down as well. I was like, you know what? At least he's honest about being a womanizer. Unlike the yep. first person we talked you about. You know what? I, that I struck a chord with me because I was doing so good in school. I was like such a great student, A's and B's and high school came and I discovered girls and that all went to shit. Same. It was like C's, you know, C's, you know, probably some D's too. It was, it was awful. <laughs> oh man. Stupid. So, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, uh, we, uh, Isabel, you brought up, or maybe it was you, Chris brought up that he moved to Nashville which yep. which I found interesting that part of the reason he moved was for a job with Billboard. Um, oh yeah, that's right. He yeah. actually was a, a writer for Billboard briefly. Yep. That's right. Um, so which I did not know. I only learned, you know, doing some research. Um, but uh, so, I think I got now, focused on the extra early because I had that when he went moved to New Orleans, but that was when he started, I guess, performing right before he started performing. When was Nashville? Actually, it was after 1970 he moved to Nashville. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think that's yeah, where he he went to started going the music route. Apparently, in New Orleans, he held street performances for tourists. That was. Can you imagine that being a <laughs> tourist walking around New Orleans and seeing Jimmy Buffett and is like, "Who is this guy? Well, he's not bad." <laughs> and then a few years later, you listening to him on the radio, you know. And Margaritaville guy sounds kind of familiar somehow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you only right. remember him when you get really drunk because that's how you were when you first heard him. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> it's interesting to me that there's all kinds of other things than like most people when you hear Jimmy Buffett, what do you think of? You think of Margaritaville, music, you know, kind of that tropical. Smoking weed, relax. Right, you know, right. Drinking, like, yeah, man, yeah. kind of mentality almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, chilling out, vibes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But he seemed to, if anything, be a workaholic. And Gosh, the so amount much. of business, oh, the yeah. amount of business ventures he was in. So that's what's interesting to me is yeah. that 
he wound up dying and living in the Hamptons, which actually fits with like the business person end of things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, because of, you know, the people that typically live in the Hamptons in a lot of cases are, you know, or have houses, I should say, in the Hamptons are, you know, wealthier individuals, especially, you know, New York, that type of stuff. So it's just interesting to me because he had all these business ventures. He wrote books. Um, I mean, yep. he, I feel like he, uh, sold licenses to use the the margarita brand or margaritaville brand to a ton of companies over the years oh yeah for right. sure yeah well, restaurants record label beers casinos he was involved yeah. with sports video games retirement yeah. communities yeah <laughs> right his, yeah. his own cannabis line and also mm -hmm. even some theater i was like oh. wow Oh, Coral guy, Reefer. Yeah, that was a great <laughs> name. Coral Reefer. I was like, yeah, I yeah. definitely would try that. I'm I'm not even gonna lie, I try it. <laughs> I was surprised that I've I've drank and heard of Land Shark Lager before. I never knew it was because of him. He partnered was, with Anheuser Busch and made I was that. looking for it. I was like, Can I get one for before recording so I can drink it while <laughs> we're recording? You know, I'm, I had it years ago. It's it's not you know, it's, it's not, not my type of drink, anymore, you know, but but yeah, I it, it was just amazing how widespread his influence was on so many things yeah i didn't ha i don't have a margarita on me i i do have uh tequila because i can't the the margarita is just too sweet for me so unfortunately i can't be in margarita but bill but i'll be in tequilaville you know it's close enough <laughs> that, that's that, that's the sister town right that's yeah, the, yeah right right it's or a, the original the city that, that that's where it was born right yeah you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> all right um Definitely. so the other interesting thing which i did know was you know he also pops up in pop culture here and there yes and so you know he would pop up both as himself but yeah. also in weird places like uh when, when he passed away i saw that picture of him from jurassic world like everywhere yes. <laughs> yeah, with, yeah. with the margaritas in his hands listen as running visitor with margarita, margarita drinks yes so i did not know that that was jimmy buffett Me so neither. when i read that little bit of knowledge i was so excited i even like had to like go and run and tell my mother i was just like <laughs> did you know do you remember this one part because it was just such a, a great part like even the first time i watched it, i was like that guy is running away with his margaritas that's hilarious <laughs> not only one out. but two two yeah, margaritas two, two hands and still trying to drink one of them while he was running away i was like that man is a legend and i didn't even know who it was and so now knowing that it is margaritaville himself i was like that's great that that was such an awesome bit of trivia to, to, to learn yep. um and then he even had like i guess a thing going on at margaritaville where he had a um indominus rex burger i would totally try to eat one of those hmm. That sounds good. That is I need the recipe for it. I'm, I'm imagining that it's massive. It's, well, you would think well, from the name. I, I'd hope yeah. it'd be a massive burger. Let me see. Uh, is there a Margaritaville near me? No, there is not. I think there is. One... My brother just went to a Margaritaville with his wife and kids. So Las Vegas. Okay. Yes. Yep. I'm looking there at used the to be here. one here. It did not do well and eventually uh, closed. It was actually at Westgate across from where the Coyotes used to play uh, uh, in Glendale. Yeah, we have one in Conroe, Texas, which of course is fitting because that's right next to a lake. It's Lake Conroe. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you would think I would know how far away Conroe is from Houston. I don't. <laughs> I know it's a good at least over an hour kind of drive, but everything in Texas is definitely over an hour to get to. <laughs> well, see, now I'm searching. Apparently, I didn't do my uh, research, so I'm searching Margaritaville to see where the nearest restaurant is. There is one in Chicago. Nice. It looks like it. Uh, come on, where'd it go? I'm going to have to check that out then. So, yeah, the Lake Conroe one is, yeah, for sure, 37 miles away from me, and it's about, yeah, it's about an hour, a good hour drive. Oh, it looks, looks fun. Yeah, and it's funny because my, my brother had just taken his wife and family to Margaret, the Margaritaville, like, resort just the weekend before Jimmy Buffett passed. (laughs) I was like, wow, the timing on that. Ah. You know, I I realized my, the one over here is um, by Navy Pier, and I was just there, what a, a month ago for my birthday, and we walked, we went down to the city, so I should have stopped at Margaritaville. Oh, wow. what I didn't add was that I I got the tequila for that our future fun funness, so that even if I lose again, I still win every time I I'm, <laughs> I get a guess wrong, I treat myself, I guess. <laughs> That's probably a good thing that there's only ten. Items. yeah it's okay it's just a sip we're not we're not taking shots over here shots. that'd be scary okay. All right. yeah so as far as other roles that he was in um did you see he was also in hook yes yeah yes. i watched i watched it because i currently have it on netflix um and i i don't think i'm familiar with, enough with his face to really pin down exactly right. which one he was um i have an idea that it might have been the one with the cane and like the eye patch i felt like the one who had the most prosthetics on his face to kind of because he wanted to have fun and really look like a pirate i feel like might have been him <laughs> um that but i was like really hook and also in congo which i, yep. I wish i had that yep. one because yep. i would have liked to rewatch right. and try to figure out um Repo man yep which yeah. i have never seen that one actually sounds good i've seen repo mm-hmm. the genetic opera but uh not not repo man repo man's kind of an 80s cult classic yeah, and with Emilio Estevez. Emilio! Yeah. Was that yeah. Repo Man or Repo Men? Hold on, are we confused? No, it's Repo Man. Oh, man. Be- Repo yeah. Men, I think, is the one with Jude Law that they made or something like that. Is it Jude Law? I might be oh, getting oh, yeah, you know Because they did make right. one in yeah, the yeah, 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Right. So the other interesting thing is the Congo role fits in with his real life because he played a pilot in Congo. And he was an avid pilot himself. Oh. Uh, yeah. So I, I always find it interesting when people's real lives mix in with their role, whether they're an actor or something else, that it kind of like fits with it. But yeah, so he played a, a pilot in Congo. And then when he was on Hawaii Five O, he played a, a pilot as well, helicopter pilot. But, um, and he was on uh, seven episodes of that. And I oh, saw yeah. all seven of those episodes because I watched all of the new Hawaii Five-0. Um, Never heard of it. It, it, uh, it uh, I mean, that series what it was what it was. And actually, that series of all the things he was mm-hmm. in, I feel like fits him a lot. Because, I mean, that series well, was just an island yeah, Hawaii, fun, right, yeah. right, right. kind of, you know, lots of beach and that type of escapism. I mean, that show was basically just right. an escapist show. The new version, 
I yeah, guess I mean, the original one was a little better, but uh, but yeah, he played Frank Bama, and if I recall right, he actually has a daughter that they <laughs> inter- not his real daughter, not Jimmy Buffett's real daughter, but an actress that played that character's daughter because he was on there enough that I guess it made sense. Uh, and then a year or two ago, I saw him. I guess it was a year ago, he played himself and somebody being an imposter a Jimmy Buffett imposter in an episode yep. of blue bloods. Yeah. Um, so another series that, like I said, at the intro, I watch a lot of TV. <laughs> right. So, Going um, back to his pilot. Did you know he crashed his plane once? Well, oh, I yes. I believe I did know that. He crashed his Grumman, a G 44, wood, wood, I don't know how to pronounce that. Tempted to take off and, uh, and just crashed. It was in Massachusetts. The plane nosed over. You said in 94. Uh, 94 yeah august yeah. of 94 yeah. well that would have been around the time though when they were filming congo if it came out in 1995 <laughs> which is funny, oh yeah which is a little right. weird right. also the connection from congo to jurassic world is that congo was directed by frank marshall and then jurassic world was i'm pretty sure he was a producer yes, yeah, on, yeah, yeah yeah so that's where it was like hey buddy you want margaritaville and <laughs> <in> jurassic world <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the other interesting, interesting. Th- yeah. The other interesting thing to me that I did not know from a music standpoint, because I I have tons of friends who are parrot heads. I'm not uh never like a huge fan of his music or what have you, even though it was the soundtrack to many a college party and other parties post-college. Um but that I didn't realize that he did Spicoli's theme in Fast Times at Ridgemont at Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Hmm. And then he did a bunch of other soundtrack stuff that I had no idea. Like he did a song that was on the soundtrack for The Firm. He did a, a song that was on the soundtrack for Contact. Uh oh, he was a busy guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like like I mean it's music stuff, but not music stuff I would have thought of. You know what I mean? It's not right. like, you know, it wasn't Margaritaville, it wasn't Finns. Yeah. Um, you know. Well, I see I that yeah, that he did Hoot, the movie Hoot in 2006, mm-hmm. where he played a teacher, but he also did, I think he helped produce it. Did I write that? Yeah, he helped produce it and then also um, did the music for it. A lot of the soundtrack for that one. That one also sounded interesting. Hmm. What is it? Yeah. A young man moves to, to Florida with his family and he's got a... He in what is it? He engages in a fight to protect the population of endangered owls. I was like, well, that's <laughs> something I would watch. I, I like the sound <laughs> of that. I had a smile when I was going through uh, his history there, and apparently he was on Sesame Street's Elmo Palooza, yeah! singing Caribbean amphibian with uh, Kermit <laughs> the Frog, and that just reminded me when I was uh, my son was younger, um, being a stay-at-home dad, you know, finding things to do, we're listening to music and whatnot throughout the day. And that that song probably played at least a couple times a week. You know, I don't think it was the version with Jimmy Buffett, but just hearing the Caribbean amphibian, that's kind of a fun song, you know? That sounds cute. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the other interesting thing to me is, like, if you think about, like, most of the music that he's known for came out in the 70s, right? Like, Margaritaville, Finns, like, his biggest albums biggest hits for the most part came yeah. out in the, the 70s and then you've got kind of that 
you know, he's he to me, Jimmy Buffett's a little bit like the Grateful Dead from the standpoint. Of, yes, he has his own fan base and shows well attended people. Some people would follow him around, not to the degree of the dead, but uh, but that like that the being a touring musician sustained his career long enough that then you've got that whole all the people that kind of grew up with his music then adding into things. So like the Kenny Chesney era, you know what I mean? Where Buffett and Chesney did stuff mm -hmm. together, tour together. You've got the, it's five o'clock somewhere with Alan Jackson, which winds up winning a bunch of awards, which, which is also interesting because neither of them wrote that song, oh. um, which is another piece. And it had, that song had been offered to Kenny Chesney oh. apparently, <laughs> or at least his, his people. <laughs> um and uh and it was turned down so alan jackson apparently was looking for a song because he was friends with buffett to duet with buffett on and that wound up being you know and that song's perfect for especially buffett i mean uh right. it's it's funny the, when i was i'm sorry go ahead no no just uh. it's 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 interesting that he was able to you know to carry on a career that long and that successful consistently when if you look at things and I guess it's not because there's a lot of artists like that that have huge hits early in their career and able to sustain it because of both the nostalgia of it or they themselves create something mm -hmm. further um All right so I mean Kiss would be like that you know what I mean there's 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 a lot of artists uh, Elton John, for instance, who, you know, wrapping up his farewell tour where, but I mean, Elton, you know, most of his hits are seventies and eighties, um, stuff, but his, he was still selling out places, that type of thing. Yeah. But it's just interesting to me that Buffett, you know, I mean, he still, he sold, I think over 20 million albums. Um, but he sold a I, lot because his net worth was over, was like, over a billion, it sounds yeah. like. B with wow. a billion, B with yeah, <laughs> yeah, not million, yeah. billion. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because so. when I was looking at uh, listening to his music, um, when I was researching him here, I uh, I'm familiar with you know some of the main stuff, obviously, but I've never, I haven't heard all of his songs. So I was just pulled up Spotify, pulled up like the best ofs, or just pulled up a playlist. The first uh, <clears throat> suggestion was a five o'clock somewhere with alan jackson but the, the thing right. i found interesting was that it's a three minutes 50 second song and jimmy buffett doesn't appear until two minutes and 30 mm -hmm. minutes <laughs> 30 seconds in yeah yeah he's right towards the end <laughs> yeah. like jackson announces him i was just listening to it again today and yeah. i was like oh that's right he doesn't really come in toward, toward, towards the there, end there yeah it's funny because in the like the second or third song that spotify pl plays for me is a song called Roll Me Up and Smoke Me When I Die. <laughs> I heard that one too. <laughs> so I'm like, oh man, this is bad timing for that, I think. But, you know, I don't think they're going to roll him up and smoke him. But yeah, I mean, I did think that with he would have Nelson. Mind it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. I don't think That's, he cares. That, that, uh, that is too funny. Oh, yeah. I made a note in 1977 that I thought was interesting that he, because we were talking about drugs, <laughs> that same year, he apparently sublet his apartment to Hunter S. Thompson. Thompson, yes. Oh, I yeah, was yeah. like, yeah. what? I saw that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, and more than once, it was saying, like, basically, the drugs were a plenty throughout 
all of this. No surprise. No surprise. But I did also read that apparently it stopped smoking in uh, 2017. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I read that. Yeah. It's like, really? The other interesting thing that goes with someone who died not that long ago is because when I think of now, when I think of Tony Bennett's, I think of a bunch of the duets albums that he had done mm-hmm. in recent years. Yeah. That that Buffett appeared on one of Frank Sinatra's duets albums. Really? You know, like in the 90s. His yes. final album, Duets 2. Yeah, yeah. 94, 94. Yes. Uh, so. Cover of Mac the Knife. Whatever song one. that is. <laughs> oh, you don't remember Mac the Knife? I don't know. I've what that never is. heard oh, of it. Wow. A matter of fact, if I recall right, back when Chris and I were young youngsters or younger at least, way back when. Yeah, yeah. And that, I wasn't uh, born yet. <laughs> that 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 song was used as a Burger King ad. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Um, now I'm gonna have to search for it and listen to this. Yeah, later, no, uh, I, I probably I, would recognize it then. I the the first person that I can remember singing that song, I believe, was Bobby Darren. But like a lot of pop songs, who I don't remember who actually wrote it and or who first performed it, because there's a lot of songs in pop culture that people don't realize that you know that song was around before the version that they heard. Oh yeah. I mean, but well, what's her name? There was a singer when I was, we, me and my wife, we honeymooned in London and uh, there was a billboards all over the place. She was like the singer was a Carol. I want to say Carol Kane, but I don't know if that's the right name, but she, apparently she was wrote so many songs that so many people played, but she, you know, uh, of course the, the performer gets the credit and not her for writing it, you know? Right. So it's something similar, I'm sure. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm pretty sure that Bobby Darren was not the first person to sing Mac the Knife either, because I'm pretty sure Bobby Darren didn't write it. Um, so I'm sure its history goes back further. Um, but it, it 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 was it was a well known um, song, um, and uh, and like I said, his is the first version I remember. Uh, Ella Fitzgerald has a famous version of it. Um, mm. And uh, so, yeah, so I know the song, but I totally understand that's an, an old people song. <laughs> I'm, so, I mean, you... hey, I'm still going to listen to it. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, January yeah. 1, 1994. I have it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely check it out afterwards for sure. Yeah. Did you know the term of parrots, parrot heads um, didn't uh, come to being until 1985? I th- it seems like something that was like around since the beginning. But apparently it wasn't as the uh, was it the drummer or someone came up with the term, you know, because all with all the you know the you know the groupies or whatever the people that follow them around from show to show, he yeah. called them started calling them parrot heads. Yeah, and you're right. I think it was either a member of the Coral Reefer band or somebody from the Eagles. It was the Timothy Schmidt, right? Who. It yeah. was, was also in the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was he? I don't know yeah. that. Clearly yes. a bird enthusiast. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know the Eagles played at his wedding and his second yes. wedding in 1977? Can you imagine that? Yes. That would be cool. Well, oh, yeah, he's playing. Oh, it's just the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because yeah. I think he had opened for them like in 75, mm-hmm. I want to say, that he yep. opened for them. Right. So right. that I do remember. There's bits and pieces that I kind of remember. 
And, and by uh, the way, the Eagles are a hell of a band. You ever seen them live? I have not. Oh my gosh, I saw them. It was years ago now. But man, that Jet Joe Walsh, he could shred a guitar for. He looked like he was dead, but he was <laughs> playing like he was a fifteen-year-old. Whatever you know, it was just unbelievable. Couldn't believe it. That's funny. I saw Sonny Rollins in his eighties, and he was basically hunched over and like kind of shuffled out. But the minute he put his lips to that saxophone, like, you know, and he couldn't do it for a long period of time, but like, you were like, holy cow. Like, you know, if you were just listening, you would not believe this guy, you know, is like in his mid eighties. Right. It's unbelievable how that, I can't, I I would love to be able to do something like that. Should we move on to the all-star uh, I have hey, one now, more thing to say. Cut it off. I'm so sorry. Uh, no, I only have one thing is that he did. Um, he passed on September 1st, but um, he died of skin cancer that he was fighting for four years. It was a rare skin yeah. cancer. So I just want to take this moment to say, please wear sunscreen. Please, just please, just all the time wear sunscreen. If you're going into an ocean, preferably one that doesn't hurt the coral. Uh, but please wear sunscreen. If you know if Bob Barker's thing was uh, spay and neuter your pets, uh, it should have been wear sunscreen. <laughs> a, a, a quick callback um, that's kind of interesting that reminded me of that because he was obviously uh, exposed to a lot of sun. Bar- Bob Barker also was a fan of tanning, and he was uh, paranoid about getting skin cancer. So he had regular like dermatologist visits visits. just to make sure like he was like always making sure. Yeah, it's a privilege. I can't go to the dermatologist (laughs) every year. It's the the same reason why I don't think zoos are helpful. (laughs) (laughs) So go ahead, Carl. You want to? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to bring it back. I was was waiting for you to keep singing, Chris. Oh, um, (laughs) hey, now you're an all-star. Get your game on, go, go. Play, hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. And all that glitters is gold. Only shooting stars break the mold. It ain't no joke, I'd like to buy the world a token. Teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. And teach the world to snuff the fires and the liars. Obviously, Stephen Scott Harwell. He passed away on September 4th at the age of 56. So young. Um, yes, yeah, very young. Born in uh, 1967. Um, yeah, he he passed away of a liver failure on uh, yeah September 4th in his home in Boise, Idaho. Um, this was one day after he was put into hospice care, which you know most 
we all know that once you go on hospice, that's not a good sign. No, um, it's yeah. not. I mean, that's a very quick time to be in hospice care. Very, uh, very. Yeah. yeah. My great uncle was in hospice care for, God, it felt like almost maybe a few a couple of years if not a few and he had cirrhosis oh, wow. of the, he had cirrhosis of the liver so wow he, yeah he fought it for a long time but clearly wow. it was not as as advanced as whatever steve harwell was going through right, and so right. he became the front man for smash mouth and they founded it in 1994 so just to tell you the difference of time that was when uh Jimmy Buffett was doing cameos in a movie called Cobb and was apparently was crashing his plane and filming Congo. Right. That's I mean, just to think of it and how time linear that was it's just interesting. Sorry. Right. No, yeah, right. Um, yeah, definitely All Star is the number one song. Um gosh, yeah. Shrek. That was my jam. I, I love Shrek. I, I I know some people who don't like Shrek. That's okay. Um, but I, I loved it. I was eleven years old, so I was I was the marketing like group to put that to. <laughs> I remember my uncle even gave me like an actual like Shrek figurine that you could put a helmet on and off of him and his little his little uh weird ogre ears would would fold into his head so you could put the helmet on and then when he took the helmet <laughs> off they'd pop back out. I was like, Yeah, I love this. <laughs> super cute oh man man so everyone knows everyone knows uh of smash mouth if if not from their music but from shrek that's that's i don't think anyone kind of like the same with the bob barker prices right right you know you 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 know you just know you know you know all-star yeah i think um i I got confused i was like wasn't smash mouth in the scooby-doo movie i was like there was a band in the Scooby Doo movie. Um, unfortunately, I was uh, I was incorrect. That was Sugar Ray. But I was like, man, I really thought Smash Mouth. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. and Th- those are similar. Were that makes really... sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I did remember. Still, I was like, I feel like Smash Mouth was in Scooby Doo. So of course, I had to do some research. Um, Smash Mouth was in an episode of What's New Scooby Doo. So they were actually cartoons. Uh, the season three, episode 12 called Reef Grief. So, hey, we're all coming full circle, you know, with the coral <laughs> reefer. And now we have nice. Reef Grief, you know. And wow. so basically um, the band was getting ready to perform at an annual Australian beach palooza, which was opposite to a international sandcastle competition. And then there was this coral creature that basically was, you know, fucking everything up. And as um, they do. Yeah, of course. And so the band, the people, the people who were a part of the sandcastle competition were mad at the band and the band was mad at the sandcastle competition. And they're, you know, and Scooby-Doo gang was like, I don't know, it's mass mouth. The people who are behind the coral creature, maybe (laughs) Um, spoilers, they weren't, but still (laughs) they were on the suspect list. But I I still thought that it was cool that they're, yeah, they are in cartoon form. You can see them. In cartoon form on What's New Scooby-Doo Season 3, Episode 12 and Reef Grief. I missed that when I was looking at their filmography. I did see that he he was in Kim Possible oh, as nice. himself. And he was also in something called We Bear Bears. Oh, I as... love We Bear Bears. You oh, know sorry. this. Oh, yeah. 
do you really know this yeah i love that cartoon i don't think i i saw that i don't know what episode that he was in offhand but i i love that show it's these he cute was the little drum bears bear. <laughs> he was the drum bear i need to see that yeah it's these three bears and they all like bunk together in this cave and there's a grizzly bear a polar bear um and a panda bear and they're just yeah i love ice bear who's the polar bear he's he's like very monotone but like he's also like he's super chef and also like karate and we're totally like subject changing but i really love that show <laughs> it's so adorable it's like a That's whole I, cute show i've never heard of it and i thought it was just some random like he was struggling for money kind of show but i guess not <laughs> <laughs> no it was, it's a, i mean and that was after I was already an adult when We Bear Bears oh. came out, and I still was like, what is this show? I love bears. Let's check this out. This is so cute. And yeah, I like that. I haven't watched all of it, but I've, I've watched enough to obviously be very enthusiastic when it's mentioned. We Bear Bears. I oh, feel like the first time I ever heard of him was when I heard Walking on the Sun. Oh, yeah. That was which, a good one. Which was which came out before <laughs> All-Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like the first time I ever heard Smash Mouth and I that, think that, that was, was their first song, though, wasn't it? Yeah, first yeah, I think that one? was our, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 1997, that, Walking on the Sun. Yeah, so that was like the first time that I had I had any exposure to them, and mm. I really didn't have that much. I mean, it was that and All Star. You know, I never owned a Smash Mouth album or anything. Yeah, and I remember. I do I remember. I, do. <laughs> I, I I do remember flipping through TV in somewhere in the mid 2000s and do you guys remember the show the surreal life which yeah. is basically the celebrity version of the real world is the way i like yeah, to call yeah. it like yeah. it was like hey you got to go in a house for a couple weeks with a bunch of other celebrities um, those shows are wild yes <laughs> so the the funny part is he was in the the season he was on there were two celebrities from my childhood from shows that I love because Sherman Hemsley from mm. the Jeffersons yep. and then later Amen and that type of stuff. And Florence yep. Henderson were on that season from the Brady Bunch, you know, Mrs. Brady. And then that season also had, yep. 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 Uh, going back to the eighties, you had poison guitarist, CC DeVille um, and Tawny Katane, oh, yeah. the actress who's best known for the white being David Coverdale's girlfriend, the white snake videos, that type of thing. Um, I don't remember who else. I probably didn't know anyone else, but uh, but I remember briefly that he was on that. So I looked it up and I was like, yep, my memory is not off that he was on the Fruits yep. Real Life. Yep. And uh, that was like the, uh, it's like the celebs in desperate need of money or uh, uh, like to reboot career type stuff. I feel like right. what, that, what that show was designed for. Right, um, right. But those are great names, though. I remember a lot of those people fondly, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. the Jeffersons. And yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Brady Bunch, come on. Jeffersons is one of my favorite all-time TV shows. Oh, yeah, it was a good show. Um, And, and also, going back to episode one, the Jeffersons, a spinoff of All in the Family. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> main character being Archie Bunker, who was kissed yeah. by... Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, <laughs> goodness gracious. It all comes together now. <laughs> uh, Full roundabout oh. over here. I love it. There we go. 
Yeah, I was I was disappointed though. Speaking of elephants and rooms and stuff, I I read some unsavory information about him. Unfortunately, I don't know if you guys found this or not. Yes. Um, the first one is maybe not so big. It kind of depends on your views. It's everyone's. It's a, a, a COVID is a firecracker here, but apparently in 2020 he put a big concert together at Sturgis, and he basically said fuck that covid shit you know and had a big concert and stuff and and then it later it was classified as a super spreading event by the national institutes of health yeah so that was good <laughs> and then later on a year later he was at a beer and wine festival in uh, new york and apparently he was uh, drunk and threatening people and appeared to give a nazi salute and yeah. then after that, that's when he retired due to health issues. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I God, he... that's so disappointing. And you can't even be like, oh, it's alleged that he do that. No, you. I saw the video. I was like, oh, gosh. Ugh. Yeah. I was like, it was giving me flashbacks of living with my ex who was an addict. And I'm like, oh, this is terrible. He's just, it's just really just really spiraled there and it's really disappointing yeah yeah you would hope hope better for him right but yeah obviously he was going through some stuff yeah and he never fully unfortunately got to deal with it it's one of those things where you can appreciate the music i guess but maybe not the person who's made the music yeah yeah well yeah that led to his liver failure I mean, I, I wonder if it was his liver failure, if he got cirrhosis or didn't even get to go that far. Hmm. I don't yeah, know if we mentioned his know. birthday, but then he was a January. So we kind of went in order, which I thought was also interesting. Oh. December 15th, December 25th, and then right into January 9th. Oh, yeah. Well, interesting. We did that on purpose. Oh, one yep. thing. Uh, <laughs> He he was in a one movie apparently. Oh yeah. Um, which I forgot about here. Uh, uh Rat Race. I don't know if you guys ever saw it. A very Cannibal Run esque. Yes, Carl, I you know. Yes, I believe I did see that movie. It has yes. Amy. It it has Amy Smart in it. Who I yeah, used to yeah. to have a slight crush on Amy Smart when I was young. <laughs> Every yes. few years, it seems like they have this movie. It's kind of one of these fun, wacky movies where like all the big names are in it. And this was the one of this year, you know, it had Whoopi Goldberg and who else it had oh, Rowan Atkinson was in it. Yeah. It well, had, it's, uh, a, it's a Jerry Zucker movie. So that yeah. totally fits. Cause he's the guy that did airplane and top secret. Yeah. And yeah, so, it, was a, it was a fun oh, yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. So this yeah. one's kind of like, um, it's a mad, 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 mad world, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think there's like it's like mad like ten times. I can't remember the, yeah, the exact right, right, title. Right. <laughs> yeah, th- this one was yeah. Basically, they have this some millionaires have this contest yeah, yeah, where you got to yeah. like race across the country to find like some like locker that has like a million dollars in it or something, you know. And yeah, I do remember this race one. across the country. Yeah, it's and been way too long very, since I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been a while, but it was, it's a fun movie. But at the end, uh, at during like the credits and at the very end of the movie, they're all singing and having a concert, and Smash Mouth is playing. Saying yes, <laughs> yeah. of course. Yeah. That 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 part is now coming back to me. But I remember it. It's a totally Jerry Zucker movie too, because there's all kinds of weird cameos in it. Like mm-hmm. there's people that pop. Like John Cleese is in it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
and so like there's I think some he weird... was one of the rich rich people, wasn't he? I, it would rich make assholes. sense. That yeah. would be fitting, yeah. <laughs> yes, he plays yes. a great rich asshole. Yeah, I think even yeah. in was it the Muppet Caper? He was a rich asshole. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Biff Piggy was pretending to live at his house. <laughs> yep, that's great. Wow, I had forgotten about that movie. That's a good <laughs> callback. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's time for a game. Yay! Welcome to Are You As Brain Dead As They Are? With this game, Isabel and Chris will try to guess which dead celebrity I am referring to with the facts that I give them. So we will start with our first fact, and this week we will do as we did in the first episode. I'll alternate between the two of you going first. Um, I believe last week uh, we started with Isabel, so this week we'll start with Chris. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so uh, this deceased person was born on May 25th, 1969 in Aurora, Ohio. Do you have a guess, Chris? No, I do not. <laughs> Isabel. Bob Parker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe those numbers add up. <laughs> no, I the do not. The price is I wrong, Chris. <laughs> the price is wrong. Take a sip. <laughs> Let's go to fact number two. You, d- you didn't guess there, Isabel? You don't she know said, either, right? She said she didn't have a guess. No. So you really are taking a shot after each one, huh? I am. I am. The listeners cannot see this, but uh, we can verify that. She's downing them. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Fact number two. Their first paid acting role was on the TV soap opera, Another World. Um, I never even heard of that soap opera, so I still do not know. That was a CBS soap opera, if I recall correctly. I believe it was right in line with Guiding Light and General Hospital. I could be wrong about that, but I feel like that was an an old CBS soap. Oh, you and your soap operas, Carl. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I still have no idea. Um, I can't even think of a random name to say, so I'm going to (laughs) pass. All right. This deceased celebrity's first television movie was a Hallmark Hall of Fame movie oh, goodness. titled Oh Pioneer, which starred Jessica Lange, David Strathairn, whose name I always mess up, and who I just want to yell Belt the Wander or whatever. Those of you that uh, have watched a certain TV show and read a certain books know what I'm talking about. Reed Diamond and Heather Graham. You said it was with Gen- uh, Jennifer. Jessica Lang. Uh, she's so pretty. Oh, no, no idea again. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, nothing. I got nothing. I, I got nothing. All righty. <laughs> Number four. They won a daytime Emmy, a soap opera digest national board of review and the glad media awards. They were also known, nominated for a Tony and a Primetime Emmy. 
So Tony is like theater, right? Correct. Theater? That is correct. So they're also in theater. Is it my guess? It is your yes. guess. Oh, I don't have a guess, but I just wanted to confirm <laughs> that Tony, I understood now they also have some kind of theater involvement. So thumbs up. Chris. Uh, 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 yeah, no guess. All right. They appeared uncredited as a CEO in the 2010 film The Other Guys. Oh, man. I love that movie. I, I've not seen that movie since about 2012, but I did enjoy it when I when I saw it. I can't remember that movie. Is it my guess? It is your guess. It, it is my yes. guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Um, yeah. Mm, no idea. Sorry. Pass. Isabel? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to pass as well. I, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember the CEO in there at all. It, it, yeah. I just, all I can think about, that's the one with, with, um, Marky Mark, I'm sorry, Mark Wahlberg <laughs> and Will Ferrell. Yes. Okay. Even out those good oh. vibrations. Yeah. With Gata. That's all I can think about when I think about <laughs> gotta respect Gata. Sorry. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> We're on to fact six. In 2014. This person voiced a role for 14 episodes on the Nickelodeon series, The Legend of Korra. That's the spinoff of Avatar, The Last Airbender, for those of you who uh, are not into that type of stuff. It's, it's my guess, isn't it? Wait, wait, wait. There's, there, I, I gave you a little well, bonus more. on there's this more. one, too. Oh, wait, oh, there's yes. more. <laughs> They also voiced the role of Lois Lane in Superman Doomsday. That's not helpful for me. (laughs) I I, I was trying to give you a little extra there because I realized these were the funniest part is the 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 and I knew this would probably go this way. But for me, the second thing with another world would have been more helpful to me than the next four. But again, that's just me personally. So I knew that. That wasn't everybody else. So the only there's soap opera I watched is Dark Shadows. <laughs> oh, there you go. There's an old soap opera. There you go. <laughs> Someone's coming to mind. I have no idea the name, but something is almost ringing a bell, but not loud enough. So yeah, I have no idea. All right. <laughs> All right. So Isabel. Yes, and I yeah. also I also pass. All right. This person. We're number seven now. This person received nominations for a Saturn Award, a Fangora Chainsaw Award, and a Golden Raspberry Award for the same role in Gus Van Zandt's 1998 Psycho remake. Well, shit. I haven't watched it. I only just recently watched the original (laughs) Psycho. The answer is not Janet Lee. <laughs> they killed Janet Lee or, or Anthony Perkins. Well, thank you for those tips. Uh, either way, not not helpful. <laughs> right, Chris. Yeah, Bob Barker. <laughs> Bob Barker. 
I feel like I'm doing pretty good here. I've got you guys stumped two weeks in a row. Is it the zomb- <laughs> is it the zombie mother? No, I don't know her name. It's the zombie mother. She wasn't really a zombie. She was just a corpse. Sorry. <laughs> on to number eight. Now here's one where I give you basically a bunch in one. The deceased appeared throughout their career in recurring or main roles on a number of television series, including All Rise, Everwood, Chicago PD, Men in Trees, Aftermath, The Brave, Allie McBeal, Hung, and Dig. All of which I have never seen. It's my turn, isn't it? I believe it is. Barbara Eden. I don't know. <laughs> wow, Barbara Eden. That is uh I might I might need to remind you of number one, the born in nineteen sixty-nine part. <laughs> I have no idea, man. That is that is incorrect. Isabel. Uh, I got nothing. I, I, I can't even think of a, a dead person that would be Slightly even close to right. to this category. These categories. <laughs> so we're on to oh, number nine. Another drink. <laughs> let's let's let Isabel get her drink. Go 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 go! Shot 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 shot! <laughs> His drinks. No shots. I wouldn't. I wouldn't make. <laughs> this person's big breakout role was appearing. Opposite Harrison Ford in the film Six Days, Seven Nights. What movie is that? Oh, I've seen it, but damn it if I can remember who the, the uh, she was. Uh... Yeah, no idea. No idea. Uh-huh. So then she starred in it. <clears throat> this person this person was and yes i'll give it to you yes it was is, is this she um <laughs> and yes they were basically they were the the two main characters in the movie were this person and harrison ford okay i feel like i might know I'm, i don't know the person let me confirm mm-hmm. the movie now i'm just curious about the movie do they both like are, are they in like a plane incident where they're like stranded or something mm-hmm. yes yeah. oh yeah. okay yeah, I remember this in Fanboys where they're like, Harrison Ford could never make a bad movie. And it was like a billboard and they pass a billboard uh-huh. for that movie. And I was like, oh, shots fired. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I can see her face in that billboard. Don't know the name. <laughs> All right. So who who went first this time? Chris, you went first? Uh, I, I think I did, but I don't know how I was supposed to. But we okay. both have no idea. So I guess it doesn't matter. All right. <laughs> All right, last one, number 10. They were, since you already know it's a she, she was famously in a relationship with Ellen DeGeneres from the years 1997 to 2000. For a second, I thought Portia, but... No, that's more recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Isabel. Uh, Yeah, I would have said Portia, but I know that that's current not in fact i wouldn't have even remembered that that was her name unless chris said it <laughs> i guess i have Rossi. to finish i have to i guess i have to finish this because that was is that 10 does that make 10 that is yeah oh. that is 10 wow at right, least chris. chris got it last. Uh, 
yeah um uh yeah estelle getty <laughs> <laughs> wow you just keep getting older <laughs> estelle getty that is a good dead celebrity though um the what? answer is dead no <laughs> the answer is Anne Hache. Uh, okay. So I I was thinking someone would get it when we got to nine because I felt that that was she's very that she's well known for that movie I guess but I get that it's not like a huge huge movie. Um, but uh, yes. Yeah, I don't think I've heard of it, but I don't think I've ever seen it. But. I get what you yeah. know. Hmm. And uh oh, and I didn't pass just last year? I believe so. I thought it was twenty twenty two, I think. Yes. Twenty twenty two. Yes. I should have had that. She wasn't that old. Down. No. You no, said sixty nine, no. right? Yeah. Fifty three. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's not much older than us, Carl. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Don't remind me. She was only a few years <laughs> younger than Steve Harwell. Yes. Hmm. Oh yeah. So yes, so and it's funny because I totally remember her in because she had recurring roles in All Rise and Everwood, two shows that I watch. All Rise is a recent CBS show, and then Everwood was a show that I got to remember at that point it was probably still the WB. This is before we had the old merger that gives you the CW. Um, but that's that's the show that. Uh, what's his name? Chris Pratt became kind of famous as an actor in, um, that had speaking of recent deaths. Treat Williams was in, um, hmm. and, uh, they were supposed to be in Colorado or whatever, but, but it, it's funny. Her Ally McBeal role is her probably, I would argue her most famous TV role. And that goes back to my point of when there was more appointment television, you know, back or earlier times when Ally McBeal was a big deal back when that's a that big came. show. Yeah. 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 So mm -hmm. she had, she wasn't on it originally, but I think she came in, in one of the middle kind of seasons. Um, and uh, it was, if I remember people talking about her role in that, because I was not a big Ally McBeal fan. I watched an episode or two or whatever, but, um, but yeah, mm -hmm. she was around in a bunch of stuff. I feel like over the years, she'd always pop up in things. Um, but, uh, but yes, but, and I remembered early on, I'd never heard of her. And I remember like in the, around the time that six days, seven nights came out, there was talk about that. She was this soap opera star who was making the transition to like motion pictures and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause I did not watch another world, the, the rare soap opera. I did not watch. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I, I watched a whole lot of, of any. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have, have gotten yeah. it. But hey, it's always still fun to learn about someone. I mean, this this poor woman went out in a terrible way, though. Uh oh, yeah, yes. Well, she had didn't she have a bunch of the car stuff happen right before she died, too? I can't remember. Or am I confusing her? Yeah, with somebody else? yeah, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of stuff. It was uh, got yeah. into a car accident. On August fifth, and I think that was from the the car crash. Crash, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. And I mean, she basically, my understanding is like her. She basically died due to the inhaling all the stuff in the fire with the wreck, and that 
I think basically that like her chest that like fractured and stuff. So oh Jesus, yeah, yeah, because yeah, the it yeah, because the the fire like it wasn't like a car fire that went for like a minute or whatever. I mean, it went for like an hour. Yeah, they said. Oh yeah, gosh. I saw something that was like she was stuck in her car for forty five minutes that they couldn't get to her. Yeah, yeah. Wow, oh, can't imagine. I'm surprised I just didn't hear about that. That is. That's yeah. that's, a, that's a way to go out, man. That's yeah, yeah. No, I remember when it happened, like when they went through the whole. Because she went into a coma first, like, like if I recall right, she went into the coma, and then eventually they basically kind of declared her brain dead, and did you know the whole thing when you go into the coma kind of oh, thing. Geez. But it just sounded like a whole just terrible, like the whole situation just sounded. Well, way to bring the show down, Carl. Yeah. The show well, well, yeah I guess that was my fault. I, I, it might have been my fault because I started really looking. I was like, man, that's okay. Really, you, it's a terrible way yeah, to bring it down. It's my yes. fault. She's a regular Jane Mansfield over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the, that was not a, uh, like, I don't know Ann Hesh, but I know Jane Mansfield. So there you go. <laughs> Are we going to, is Jason going to play us out with the Ballad of Jane by LA Guns? Is, is that where we're going here? No, I thought it's they definitely were not giving you All Star anymore. <laughs> no, they're gonna do the sad rendition of All Star. Hey now, you're an All Star. Get your game on. Oh goodness. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, y'all, we're gonna go play. <laughs> yeah, I think we're good. Uh, any more last thoughts, guys? Are we done here? <laughs> um, I think so. Drink responsibly. Not like yeah. me, uh, taking you know. sips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she's yeah, too much. <laughs> I, uh, I, I set myself up for failure with that one, didn't I? <laughs> Remember, uh, kids, I also... uh, spay and neuter your pets and uh, wear sunscreen as well. Yeah. Frequent response. dermatologist appointments. Yeah, if you can afford it, which you probably can't. Sorry about that. Right, right. This is America. You can't afford it. <laughs> if you're listening abroad, we're jealous of you. Yes, we are. <laughs> and your healthcare system. <laughs> all right well thank you everyone for joining us for this episode of hearsing around and we will be back soon to eulogize another celebrity's body of work hearsing around is created edited and produced by jason soto you can subscribe to our show on apple google audible or anywhere else you get your podcasts also check out rabbitholepodcast.com to find other great podcasts on our network copyright 2023 rabbit hole podcasts rabbitholepodcast.com